music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hi, it's Kelly, and this week we are excited to chat with DJ and producer DLMT, who talks to us about his song Destination, how he got into music, which platform he uses to produce, his move to LA, and so much more. We also welcome our music editor Sharon Hyland discussing Usher as the musical performer for the upcoming Super Bowl halftime show and how the music acts have evolved over the years when it comes to the halftime show performance. Listen anytime, anyplace, just a click away. KellyAlexanderShow.com Very excited to welcome to the Kelly Alexander Show Canadian DJ and producer DLMT riding the success of his recent song Destination which in its first week of release picked up over 300,000 streams. Dan, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the, the Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you for having me again. Appreciate it. So I have to start off. I'm sure people have asked you this, but I didn't ask you this the last time we spoke. What does DLMT stand for? So when I first started, um, so my, my full name is Daniel Balamu. Um, and when I first started, it was Dalamu. That was my DJ name. Okay. And I, I didn't like the name of it. And I thought of something just like catchier and something that when you type it in on the internet, it would be easier to find. Right. And like, it's, I'm the first person. So I kind of took an abbreviation of the first and last letters of my first and last name minus the, the, um, L. Yep. So it's DL and then B Balamu is LMT. So it's, it works out, but that's kind of how it came. Nothing really cool, but <laughs> kind of just abbreviation of my name. That's all that matters. And people will remember it. That's for sure. So tell us that's how you, remember, you know? uh, got into music. Like, was this a lifelong passion? Like, did you know as a child that this was where you were headed? Well, from a young age, I was forced into piano lessons. I hated it. Um, my dad has always been in music. My dad, if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't probably wouldn't be doing this today. Um, but he kind of, I guess he's like living his dream vicariously through me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was forced from a young age to do piano. I'm glad I did now because I know I, I have a back, back story of that. Um, and I didn't like that. I tried guitar, did that for a little bit. And then I stumbled on drums. And when I did drums, I fell in love with it. Cause I was always like tapping tables and stuff. That's so my dad's like, okay, maybe we should put them into drum lessons. Did that and actually started a rock metal band, <clears throat> which I did for three or four years. We did tours and stuff like that. And I was still, I think first year of university, kind of last year of uh, high school when I was doing that. And I realized, I mean, I, that's not going anywhere cause this is metal music. And it was, I was still young. I had to finish school, right? So I stopped doing that, did my degree, got my stuff like that. And then I kind of, did, I wasn't a huge fan of it. So I, in my free time at night, I would like force myself to sit in the studio all night and just learn how to produce and learn how to do this. And here I am today. That's crazy. And so can I ask you what uh, platform you use when you're producing? Like, is it Ableton? Like, what do you use? I'm in Logic Pro. Okay. Very good. Yeah. And when you I'm are, um, sorry, go ahead. I thought about switching Ableton, but I mean, once you learn something so deep, it's like hard to switch and, you know, learn it all again and start from scratch. Right. But exactly. Everybody's got their tools. Um, talk yeah. to us about the drums. Like I'm assuming that's obviously a really good base for you uh, producing the music that you do. So do you start all of your EDM tracks with drum tracks? Like, is that how you start? Yes and no. Depends if I'm starting a, a track completely from scratch, no vocals, anything, I'll typically start with a drum groove and just a bass because that, that's kind of like your skeleton and your backbone of the whole song. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you can get a song, if you, if I notice, if you can, 
if you can just play even just the drums and your head's kind of bobbing already, that's like a really good structure to build off, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I start with that. But lately I've, I've been just diving into songwriting and it, just starting the song itself with just the vocals and piano and building from that. Because, I mean, another on the other side, if you can have a song that's just on piano and it already sounds like a finished song, then you have a whole song to work with, right? That's cool. And so now, like uh, with songwriting, are you um, really sort of working at like uh, being like this, like lyricist? Like, is that really important for you to have that part of it? Yeah, I never was really too much into that. But in the past couple months, I think COVID has kind of forced me to do that, to be honest, because a lot of times I would just send off my stuff and uh, or I would get top line sent to me or I'd be in the studio with a bunch of writers and they kind of just do their thing. But it's really forced me to to really gear in and like hone in on what sound I want um, to hear in the songs. And it's forced me to kind of really help the writers and like really work with them, even writing some of my own stuff. Yeah, so I, I think that's one of the big benefits of COVID for me, to be honest, is I've, I've really gotten a songwriter. And I know I, even in Toronto the other weekend, I was like, wow, I'm like, I never used to be able to write like this. So it's it's been pretty cool. And is there um, like a songwriter or producer that you would love to hang out with and, and do a track with, like have a session with? There's so many. I don't even know. I mean, Benny Blanco would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's he's riding a wave. That's for sure. <laughs> he's everything he does is magic. So he'd be very cool to work with. It's crazy. Talk to us about because I mean I know this sort of off air. We talked about uh, you being from Toronto but moving to Montreal. What was the reason behind that? Because normally it's the other way around. Like everyone goes to yeah. Toronto. It's like the mecca. So why would you come here? Even though I know Montreal has an amazing music scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get, well, a lot of my team is actually based here and I have a lot of good music friends here. I have a very good fan base here. So I think, and I've just, I think with the COVID going on, I'm so used to traveling around and, you know, playing shows and being here for sessions, flying to the States back and forth. And I was after being stuck in Toronto for so long. I kind of just needed to get like to get out and stuff like that. And I was actually planning on moving to LA last year, um, kind of like June. But because of everything going on, I, it wasn't the right move. It wasn't the right time. So I was like, okay, where is the next best? And it was Montreal. And Montreal is actually cheaper for rent too. So I was like, it makes sense. You know, I have a bigger place here. I have a studio in my place. So it's great. Awesome. So moving to Los Angeles, obviously a goal. It's happening uh, soon. Like, are you already, like, do you already have a network that you're ready to kind of bust a groove into as soon as you get down there? Yeah. Most of the people I work with are actually based there. So um, half my management team is there and just everyone I kind of working with is there. So for me, it makes the most sense to be based there and, you know, out there grinding with people, meeting people, connections, writing. So it's just, it's just the best move for me right now. What's your sense right now on the Canadian EDM scene? Like, do you think it's in a good place? Do you think it's heading in the right place? Like, how do you feel about it? I do. I think there's a lot of, a lot of talented artists here. I mean, I, I know a lot of people in LA actually are from, uh, from Canada and Toronto scene and you know that in Montreal and they just end up making the move there because it's just it's easier for everyone there but I think I think there's a there's a lot of talent coming here from right now and uh, yeah I love it I mean there's there's guys some guys crushing it right now now the song Destination it's obviously doing amazing things for you it's getting support I would think right across the country we're playing it on on uh, the station I work for Virgin Radio tell us how the song came about was it an easy production were you slaving over it so we actually started it almost, I think, either two years ago or longer. So when we started our track So Cold, which was the first one we did together, we had this other idea, which he sent me the vocals for. 
And we kind of focused on so-called, we're like, let's put that one on the back burner. We produced this idea for it. And we kind of had the whole idea ready to go. And I think we went through five or six different vocalists now and no one really fit it for what the kind of idea we wanted this urban kind of vibe on it, kind of like to switch it up. And finally we found the vocalist, I think a couple months ago. And we're like, this is it, this is the one. So we made the move, locked it in and now it's here. That's awesome. And it's so it's so catchy. And I was talking about it recently um, because I used it for a segment that I do on the radio station here called Tunes Day. And uh, I always know it's a good litmus test if if Aaron, the host, likes dance songs, because he's like uh, he's pretty particular about his music. And right away, he's like, oh, I want this. I want this for the gym. And so it's cool because it's kind of like a good workout song. It's a good song to clean the house to. And it's like good if you just need to vibe out in the car. Yeah, so I think for me, whenever I produce, well, not every single song, every single song can be like this, but for me, the ideal song is a song you can play anywhere, a song you can go to the club to, a song you can just chill out and listen to, a song you can work out to, a song you can uh, clean to, like you said, or a song you just vibe out to. If a song is playable in all those different circumstances, I think it's like a pretty overall good song, you know? Now, talk to us about um, vocalists for you. Like, how do you go about finding them? And are you super particular? Do you want to work with, like, someone that's super well-known? Or do you love working with up-and-comers? I mean, for me now, it's great working with people who are well-known because it's combining two different um, fan bases. And, you know, like, it's, it's you can really, if you really tackle that together, you can really blow the song up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I love finding new talent to work with. I'm, I'm definitely very particular with vocalists. Uh, I, ha- I have an exact idea of what a, like a vocalist should sound like on a song. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's why a lot of people always tell me, oh, you always have such good vocals on your song. And it's just because I'm so picky. So if someone, so wanted, the- if someone wanted to work with, with you, like do they DM you or is that not the way to get a hold of you? <laughs> anyway, it's, you can DM. A lot of people DM and like, hey, here's this. Or people email or through my manager, hold like send me, hey, someone just send me all these vocals. Do you like anything here? Or if I, you know, if I don't, but I love the vocalist, we'll set up a Zoom session. We'll get on a call and see if something can work out, right? So I'm, I'm always down to work with anyone if the idea is right. Like, and I'm not like, I only work with the top, top people, right? So if, I mean, if the song is good and the music is good, I'm down. Can you talk to us about how you feel the um, evolution of EDM is going right now? Like, do you think, obviously, like this last year has been very trying for so many people uh, for many reasons. And when it comes to the dance world, like, the venues that you would go to listen to it, all the clubs, all the festivals, like not happening. So do you think there's going to be a shift in how EDM sounds when everybody's allowed to go back? Do you notice it now? Like what's your take? Well, I think a lot of the, I think a lot of artists are switching to the house feel good music because it's something you can listen to without having to be at a club or a rave or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the dubstep artists I know are switching kind of to have more house music because, you know, people aren't, I mean, teach their own people can listen to their house and house bang like headbang too right but i just noticed from talking to a lot of guys that a lot of people are switching to more easy listening stuff um and i i, I mean i think when stuff opens up everyone's just going to be wanting to get out there and just dance and feel good right so i think a lot of stuff even for myself is just more house orientated um, even some piano house stuff just like feel good vibey music when you talk about house music, because obviously like a lot of like feel good, happy vibe stuff came from like the 90s, right? With yeah, like exactly. d- like uh, Crystal Waters and CeCe Peniston and like Armin Van Helden and all that group. Do you take influence from those older acts? I actually am, no. Um, a lot of my stuff, I never used to bring kind of disco vibes into some of my new stuff, but 
now it's kind of this new wave of all this feel good disco. Like Armin van Helden is a huge influence. And he just did a track with this guy, Chris Lake, who is a huge influence of mine too. So it's, it's cool seeing the new and a bit of a, the old kind of come, come together. Right. Yeah. So cool. I know a lot of guys are combining those two and bringing that to something fresh. And I, I think I want to take that and kind of put my own spin on it and, and see what comes up, you know? And do you have specific goals that you want to uh, accomplish this year? Cause obviously moving to LA, that's obviously a big one in and of itself. Do you have other ones that are kind of like percolating that you're like, I need to get this happening. I mean, for me, it's just every single year I, you know, I try to hit different amounts of streams on online. I guess the biggest thing for me now is to play a show again, but that's all dependent on uh, this world. Right. So I, I can't really set that as a goal. Um, but yeah, I guess for me, it's just releasing, keep on releasing good content. Uh, we're doing some music videos coming up. I have some artists that I'm working with. I've always wanted to work with. So it's just, it's just, it's just keep on pushing for the stars, you know? And I have to ask you too, for someone who is coming up um, right now that might be watching this, uh, wanting to do what you're doing, what piece of advice would you give to them that you wish you had known like three, four years ago, whenever you started? I think that one of the biggest things is first of all, marketing. Marketing plays um, almost as big a role as the music itself. If you can market yourself and your brand and come across as someone who is more um, like marketable and you have something together, people are gonna look at you as more of someone who has good music, but like there's no brand behind it. So I think that's a big thing for me. I wish I started and I knew earlier on. Um, another big thing is have your own sound. So don't take what's big now and be like, oh, I'm just going to copy that. And I mean, that's a great way to learn how to produce music, but it's not going to really get you anywhere. And it's not going to um, develop like a long lasting career because if you're just cop always copying the people, you're always going to be behind. So if you, I think the best way is if you take a sound, you're like, that's in right now. That's cool. How can I put my own spin on it and create something new that people are like, oh, that sounds familiar, but also that's really fresh. Cool. So I think that's the biggest way to uh, get ahead of the game. And what do you want people to know about DLMT that they might not know yet? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> that's a tough one. I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's lots of music coming. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty open, I guess, on social media. I don't have, like, any mask or any hidden image or, you know, anything like that. It's just, it's me, right? So... Um, yeah, just good music, good vibes coming, a lot of, uh, hopefully some shows and stuff. So cool. Awesome. Dan, thank you so much for hanging out. We really appreciate it. That right, is a Canadian you. DJ and producer DLMT. Make sure you check him out on all of his social media at DLMT music. Follow us on Instagram. Kelly Alexander show. Very excited to welcome back to the Kelly Alexander show. Our music editor, Sharon Highland. Hello, Sharon. Oh, hi, Cal. How are you? I am fantastic. Now, it's been a hot minute since you and I have had a, a chance to talk. Although, where have talk... you been? <laughs> I know. <laughs> although I should I should mention to all of the uh, the listeners that we have here on the Kelly Alexander show that in case you didn't know, but you should know, uh, Sharon and I actually co-host another show together called 90s Now with our amazing producer Adam Brisson and so you can find us uh, on our YouTube channel uh, you can watch the visual podcast youtube.com slash Kelly Alexander show and then also of course you can search your um, major podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify and Google Play for 90s now and if uh, this is news to you if I may interject yes uh, you'll be enjoying season 12 yeah 
So <laughs> where have you been? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a commitment. Um, yeah. So big news in the fact that uh, we just recently found out that Usher is going to be the halftime entertainment for the Super Bowl in 2024. And so there's many things to discuss. Um, I think, first of all, I just want to talk about the fact that it's surprising in a way, even though I'm ecstatic about it because I'm an R&B pop girl, like, you know, pretty much through and through. Um, yep. That this is the fourth year in a row that they have had basically a pop or an R&B hip hop act. It was Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Uh, then we had like Mary J. Blige, Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, Eminem, um, Kendrick, uh, part of that Super Bowl. Then last year was Rihanna. They all yeah. of them, like they all of them, all of them did a great job uh, with their respective Super Bowls. And now we get Usher, which I think is fantastic. Are you shocked that they went four years in a row? with like R&B pop hip hop. Yeah, because there's from my memory and granted I have access to what people know as the internet, so I can see that there have been major rock acts as the halftime show and we know the Rolling Stones have done it and Paul McCartney's done it. But for me, one of the standouts for me is I think it was 2016 that they missed an opportunity as far as I was concerned when the Super Bowl was in San Francisco, they could have taken that and done all San Francisco bands because mm -hmm. there's quite a few of them, not the least of which is like Santana, who seems to just keep on going and going. Uh, there's Journey. And I was talking about this with my co-host today, actually. Uh, Metallica, kind of a no brainer. Now, I don't even know if they want to do the Super Bowl, but if we go back to the beginning of the 2000s, when Aerosmith was the halftime show and U2 was uh, one year, you have your uh, your no doubts and things like that. And we know that, well, we know what happened with Janet's Prince has done it. Tom Petty's done it. Bruce Springsteen's done it. They are not averse to having a rock act. But this many years later and in a row, I'm not sure why they're not approaching more rock acts you do know you, do you think sharon that it's because so obviously like in a way if you think about what we would think like if you if you attached uh, some level of like i don't even know what the word would be like a stereotype to the nfl you would think it would be like rock guys that are watching football you know what i mean like there's, well, yeah but at but, the same time there's just so many stereotypes you know like yeah. And and I think that if we're bound by stereotypes, that's ridiculous it, at this ex point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like because the if you go back to the Bruno Mars year, one of the guests on the show for them for him was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. Like and part of the fun is pairing up, you know, artists that you wouldn't necessarily think would work together. You know, had they not had the opportunity to do a, something like the Super yeah, Bowl like, halftime wasn't, show, wasn't it NSYNC and Aerosmith at one point with Britney? Yes, was I it? believe so. Yeah, yeah. But I'm wondering. So my my thought process, and and you tell me what you think, is um, the fact that they have gone four years in a row of R&B, pop, hip hop. I'm wondering if they're really trying to appeal to like, you know like everybody that they think that would be tuning in just to watch Super Bowl and are having Super Bowl parties. You know what I mean? Like where the demographic for them would be like, okay, we're going to get the, you know, almost like the, um, like, j like the, the, what, what would be the word for this? It's like the uh, occasional viewer there who they're for sure watching Super Bowl 
for the yeah. halftime show. So they're they're not even. It's like they're not even. I guess my point is they're. I don't think they're catering to NFL fans. They're catering to everyone who's going to watch on Super Bowl. I agree it's a thing with you. One hundred percent. Yeah. Because when you think like when you really go and sort of dissect the performances that we watch on TV, I've never been to the Super Bowl before, so I don't know what it's like to be there. But I'm watching them going. Do they get to see that what we get to see? Mm-hmm. And I, it's always no. Yeah. You know, because there's a visual element to it the way, uh, you know, with lights or with dancers or whatever sort of choreography that is, is intended for the, the viewer, not the person at the stadium watching the game live. So that said, though, have they determined that people watching the Super Bowl are the ones that watch the whole season? Because there's people that just watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's why you know? I think they're... And it's funny because I um, listened to this this uh, show done by two actresses who I remember listening to their episode after Super Bowl and like they both talked about how the fact is like they could care less about football, but they wanted to see Rihanna. So right. they they had a Super Bowl party so they could watch like with their buddies and watch Rihanna. So I think that the marketing people behind this know like we can get more of these types of people that really, you know, are fair weather watchers for lack of a word. Like they're not going to watch the NFL all season long, but they're going to tune in for this because this is appointment watching. Oh, for sure. And they're not going to be picky about who shows up, which is why I find it interesting that they zero in on, on the pop stuff mm-hmm. and no disrespect to any of the musicians that have, you know, wowed the crowd mm-hmm. at these halftime shows because they they always kill it. They mm-hmm. the pressure is on mm-hmm. for these for these artists, right? And I I look back on the list of um, uh, old, like even the '90s and the '80s, where we're still getting like you know, it's a small world as the halftime show. <laughs> what? <laughs> or a tribute to Motown, which would be great, but yeah, what? You know, yeah. so the concept of having a big named artist is obviously a little more modern mm-hmm. within the past couple of decades, for sure. Um, but I, I don't know, like, I think we were talking to uh, some of our listeners today asking about um, Foo Fighters. Like, and when you think of how they take an artist and then they pair them up with special guests, uh, Foo Fighters reach is, is fairly amazing. Mm hmm. And it, it would be a rock show, but I think Dave Grohl has this uh, ability to to make everybody feel like their friend. You know, mm-hmm. there's yeah. there nobody doesn't like the Foo Fighters. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm wondering. So, do you think Sharon, if it's like for Foo, Foo Fighters, for example, do you think it's because with them it would be like literally the band on stage, and they wouldn't have? Because I'm wondering too if it's like you know in, in French here where we live in Montreal, it's like a spectacle, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. it's where it's like they're gonna have 47. Uh, dancers along with the main artist so it's really like it's traveling across the whole stadium for everybody to feel a part of it i'm just wondering if you think that's part of it well i wonder too in previous years where it's been rock were there dancers or were there people on the field that got to dance and be a like be a part of the crowd element right yeah because there's been that like it doesn't always have to be something that's, uh, you know, choreographed and that's yeah. sort of a, a big production that way. I mean, I think The Weeknd did an amazing job, you know, working with what he had and then we know that he added more to it from his own wallet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for one artist to make make the show, he did a great job. So, I don't know. Like, I really, I, I wonder 
what they're thinking, when they're thinking it, but it's clearly the notion that it's a popular music act. Yeah. And it's always big names. Yeah. It just would be, I think, from my perspective, it would be nice to have another rock act, but with no disrespect to Usher, I think this many years later and a list of hits, mm-hmm. he's going to have a hard time picking what he's going to play. Yeah, exactly. And I know that the speculation, because Rihanna, of course, didn't bring out anybody, right? When she did her uh, performance, yeah. it was like solo her and she killed it. No problem. Plus, mm-hmm. I think her big surprise was announcing that she was pregnant again. So right. that was that was cute. Um, but technically, she had a guest. <laughs> that's right. So technically, she did have a guest. Do you think, because the speculation is running rampant, um, especially because he's done so many collaborations with different artists, uh, do you want him to bring someone out? Or I think he's more than enough on his own. Um but of course, I wouldn't, you know, be adverse to see him like pop out Alicia Keys, you know. Yeah, uh, or I think he's fine on his own too. But I think at the same time, he's fine performing on his own. But I think in a Super Bowl setting, I would like to see someone join him. Who would be? Just because your... it's fun. Like yeah. anyone. Think of last year where any one of those artists could have done it on their own. Mm-hmm. Any one of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yet there was five of them, right? Yep. 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 So I don't know why Usher would be the one. <laughs> to be on his own yeah and it'd be cool I, if, if he pulled something like um katie perry did and others have done it too but when she got it in 2015 nobody saw this coming she whipped out missy elliott yeah and if that you was keep your secret even better yeah and it was so like it, it like in and when it when she came out at first it was like what but then it was like of course like of course it should be missy elliott and, yeah. and it was a great thing for Missy because I forget what the percentage was, but like her album stats on like streaming and all that went up like a gajillion percent because there were some people that had never seen her before because yeah, she'd been amazing. sick for a while and had some, I think, life issues. that she was, So she wasn't necessarily hot on the scene. So if you weren't a follower of Missy and you were a young kid, but now you saw her, you're like, oh my goodness. So we're like her stats went bananas. And yeah. so that was a great thing for her. It was a great thing for Katie because Katie looked like she had hip hop cred. Yep. It was amazing. Um, so, yeah, so I think it'll be interesting, like, if Usher pulls, like, you know, you know, like, brings out the Foo Fighters. Like, it would be, That would know? be cool. See, all this talk about that maybe that's what he'll do. Yeah. I feel like he might pull out a, a rock act or, like, a, or a rock artist, like a rock guitarist. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Somebody, yeah. Wouldn't be a bad idea, Usher. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, somebody said to me that, uh, you know, well, how many hits does he have? He has, like, a gajillion, Sharon, so... You know what? If someone is going to ask, how many hits does he have? You go and look. Yeah. <laughs> and then come back with the answer and an apology for asking the question in the first place. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Your ignorance doesn't determine, you know, any sort of credibility for somebody else. Yeah. You go find out. Yeah, exactly. Because he has like hits for days. And I, like you said earlier, yeah. he's going to have problems, I think, figuring out which ones to put in that 12 minutes. Yeah. So amazing. Pretty fun, though. I find it. It's fun all the time. Yeah. And it's a pressure job. It's not like I think you agree to it thinking this is going to be great. And then you're like, why did I say yes? Yep. Yeah. And I remember I recently I don't think I told you this, but I recently interviewed um, uh, a dancer who danced with Beyonce back in 2013. I think it was for her Mm -hmm. thing when she did Super Bowl. And the dancer told me that like coming off Christmas, it was full rehearsals 
like jammed up like every day like let's do this and and but she did say beyonce's team was amazing and wow. they obviously wanted especially because there was so much hype for beyonce too right to like you know kill it because there's so, there, like beyonce has so much expectation on her all the time sure. um but they she said that their camp was amazing uh but it was like you had to step up and get what you know needed to be done and it was just very intense for those like four to six weeks i think to get it ready but it was an amazing performance so uh, usher's got his work cut out for him wow yeah but we know it's going to be a great show no matter what. Exactly. Uh, Sharon Highland, thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. We appreciate you. Well, thanks for having me back. Exactly. That is our music editor, Sharon Highland. And of course, we host 90s Now together. So you can check that out at 90s Now. And also, don't forget to follow Sharon on Instagram at the Sharon Highland. The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you, as always, for spending time with us on the program this week. And a big shout out to my guests, Sharon Hyland and DLMT. Also to our producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing such a great job putting the show together. Please make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can do that by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. And you can listen to us, of course, on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. Have an amazing week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.